Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. I'm here with Rubina Chaudhry again, my co-host in California. How are you doing, Rubina? I'm doing well and a rather cloudy afternoon in California today. And where I am in Connecticut, it has just been almost, I would call them hurricane type of winds and rain all day long. Oh, so. So I was going to say, being that we're supposed to stay in, this is a perfect day to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're right. Perfect day. No, the weather has been interesting. We've had lots of rain the whole, all all of last week. And, uh, uh, you know, and we need it. And and we don't mind it at all. We welcome rain here. So that sounds great. So what else is going on there in California? I know you are doing quite a few interesting things. I know our our um, show today really is about elder care and the possibilities of scams and frauds, but um, we'll get to that in our, our second and third segments. I, I thought it would be great for us to talk about what Olive is accomplishing with this uh, mask initiative. I have been the benefit of it. I've received about 12 or 15 beautiful masks that we're using here, my colleagues and I. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure, sure, Phyllis. I mean, it's really amazing how a group of people can get together and mobilize and be active. And I can share with you that this group has been so busy over the last three weeks. I don't think any of them even know that they're being home. Uh, Actually, they are saying they're busier now than they were before. Uh, As our listeners know that, but what was about three weeks ago, we went into our stay at home order so that kind of, you know, left uh, left Olive in a in an interesting situation because we are offering programs for seniors and uh, we get together for exercise at a community center and have lunch together. But with the stay-at-home order, um, what do we do now? Do we stop our programs or how should we address that? So we got together and uh, and you've been very much a part of this, uh, Phyllis is that we, uh, like everybody else, started using the Zoom platform. We were able to get uh, a license for nonprofits. And actually, uh, one of our, um, I guess, ingenious young coordinators was even able to get a, a coupon. So we got a good discount as well. So we're not offering classes three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 11 to 12. Tuesdays, Olive Fit and Fun, that's uh, exercise, fitness, and all the conversation about health and diet and supplements, and Sophia Ghani is leading that one. Uh, She's a PhD pharmacist and a sports trainer and a health and fitness nut and guru and whatever (laughs) else we want to call her, right? Right. Uh, I know, such a pleasant, pleasant young, young person, and we're learning a lot. 
and uh, so that's our tuesday program and people are sharing recipes so i've asked uh, one of the ladies from the group to to pick up those messages from you know those recipes from the message chain and start saving them somewhere so we have um, uh, so hopefully one day we will maybe make a, a little cookbooklet or something oh, that cookbook or great. something like that right. you know everybody's sharing their recipes and then she you know we have the opportunity to ask any questions we want health related supplements etc you know because she she has wealth of knowledge and everybody else shares with each other Right. Then on Wednesdays we have our Live Learn Thrive program which now we've been running for about what two years I think Phyllis. I yeah. think so. It's about two years and Zainab Husseini leads that. And of course she has always interesting themes and theme of this past week was uh, your gardens because this is the earth month. Right. So so she had, uh, you know, people share their garden. Now that everybody's home, everybody could take pictures of their garden or do, uh, you know, Zoom walk around in their garden. And that was very nice. And also she invited as a guest Shabir Mansouri and his wife. I think our listeners have met them. Uh, Shabir is very much into a balanced diet and uh, meditation and full, you know, vibrant health for mm-hmm. the senior. So they have a very special garden that they've designed. And I think they're right now into the second year of the garden. And they're, he was saying that they're about 70% self-sufficient for their vegetables. And Yes, uh, I remember that. when we had him on the show, they only eat whole um, mm-hmm. Whole foods. Um, what I mean is, um, one like ingredient. Yes, ingredient. whole ingredients and ingredients that you could see. Everything oh. is that you can see. It was really very interesting, very, very enlightening. In- uh, so it was very interesting to you know see their garden and how they went about it. The the you know they hired a landscape architect and uh, and a gardener and and really a beautiful. A beautiful mm-hmm. garden that I know is going to uh, support them for many, many years to come because it's just in the formative stages right now. Right. And then that third uh, Thursday show is um, Connect and Create. And that we created as an opportunity for everybody to sit and talk, work on different projects, and uh, we will give different people the opportunities to be you know leaders in that uh, in that particular show so one of the projects that was again suggested by Sophia was uh, making the masks mm-hmm. and this was very early on when there was somebody had one million mask project and we said okay let's see if we can make some so the long story short we have produced I would say close to a thousand masks already Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and uh, five to six hundred have been produced by our volunteers. Mm. Some are elders and some are younger ones uh, in, you know, in the community. And the other, we were able to find a couple of uh, seamstresses who were supporting us. And, uh, and uh, these are people that need the work and we are so happy to be able to work with them. Uh, so it took us the first week to kind of get the 
concept and begin to design second week to get the materials and the third week to start production. So this week, this past week, but middle of the week, we were able to start making deliveries. And now our production is uh, is on track and uh, we made several deliveries over the weekend, some even today. And uh, we're hoping to produce more and make more deliveries. And, uh, and so well, that's been the process. Well, it's especially important because now, as I understand it, in California, there is an order that everyone must wear a mask when they're in public. Isn't that correct? Yes. Yes, there is. So yes. there is a great need. And they don't have to be medical, um, medical level masks. They just no. have to be... Uh, something that can actually you're protecting other people from from you, right? Whether uh, you have the virus or not, it's exactly. And right. other part in terms of the supply, one of our supporters, one of our Olivers, does a lot of import export, actually two, and one was able to get. 750 of the disposable, you know, those rectangular masks and donate mm-hmm. them to Olive. So we've been going to senior homes and uh, and giving them to seniors as well as to senior support staff. Oh, so, that's terrific. Yes. And then actually now that we're in it, we had one organization and one individual contact us. This organization wanted to join hand with us and, uh, and that's Sabil, the president of Sabil. Uh, she is now supporting us and we're working together on the masks project. And this other uh, entrepreneur who is in the transportation business, she was able to get, uh, I think, close to 400, uh, the N95 mm-hmm. uh, masks, and she located, uh, donated them to our hospital, St. Jude's Hospital here oh, in Fullerton. That's uh, terrific. Uh, and then... She did that, and then she was looking for a nonprofit that she could partner with because she wanted to raise funds and mm-hmm. and order more because the first one was her personal order. right. So she came to Olive and we said, sure. And actually, as of this morning, our CFO, who you know well, is placing an order, I think for around six hundred or something like that. Because this lady came to us and we've raised funds together and uh, they will be coming uh, uh, over the next few days and a week. a beautiful thing because I can tell you, as somebody who works in nursing homes, Mm -hmm. that we don't have a sufficient supply of the appropriate masks um, or or anything else for that matter. And... um, it's actually, um, you know, puts you in a very compromising position mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not a comfortable one either, I may add. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, would you like any of these supplies? Because we could ship some more to you. We gifted you the the cloth ones, but right. we do have the, I think we still have some of the disposable ones and, and we will have new N95. So let me know if you want uh, uh, want some. And then, so that's, you know, the production. <laughs> you know, when you're in something like this, you have to look at this whole supply chain. You Absolutely. can't be making 
promises to deliver when you know that your supply chain, you have to know your supply chain. Correct. So we've gone to, you know, Bell Gardens Police Department. We delivered to them. They were so appreciative. And this was set up through uh, somebody who saw as some organization, then their council person. And, you know, that's how these messages are coming. Right, right. And uh, we... Uh, and then we've delivered to um, a seniors mobile home park here in Fullerton, not far far from us, um, uh, in association with our local con- uh, council person Ahmad Zara, and uh, he and Zenith went. And then we went to I believe two or three nursing homes, and then we've also um, been giving masks to. Uh, non-profit community organizations, you know, that are doing food delivery type food. Oh, uh, that's food terrific! Banks and, mm. uh, and stuff like that. So it's a, uh, it's, <clears throat> you know, we have our, uh, we are calling it Amazon Central. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's Shamim's house. Shamim Sayed is uh, is acting as our as our Amazon Central, and uh, her house is the drop off and pick up. And uh, of course, we are following all the all the protocol of right. uh, you know leaving it at the door and wearing masks and all that. So it's uh, it's exciting and it's hard work. And uh, I know everybody is uh, is is just busy and excited. And I had actually some of them uh, even laughing and saying, people are saying, you read this book, do this book. We're so busy. Right, 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 right. But this is wonderful. This is really wonderful. You're doing a great service uh, for the community. Um, And I have um, a, a list of some of the uh, some of the places, which is, you know, Access California, Tiara Foundation, Meals on Wheels of Fullerton, Meals and Wheels of Anaheim, Intercare Community Center, Bell Gardens Police Department, Rancho La Paz Mobile Park, and OC Mecca. So it's you know we're making some some impact. Absolutely. Listen, uh, the one good thing I believe that has come out of this situation, which I, everybody has said, is that people are really mobilizing. They're coming together. They're thinking of ways to help their fellow person in most cases or their community, mm-hmm. um, how they can give back uh, while they're protecting themselves, understanding that other people are vulnerable and how they can help in that regard. So. Mm-hmm. I guess we could we could say that uh, that's how you make lemonade out of lemon, right? That's really <laughs> you got it. That's really how you make uh, make lemonade out of a lemon. And uh, and you know when we sit back and reflect, uh, and as as we were talking before we started the show, there's going to be a new normal. Absolutely, you know, there will be new way of doing things, and there will be many positive things as uh, as well. And I think there will definitely be more family connectedness, um, and because I'm finding, you know, that being home with just my husband and I, uh, you know, you have to make time to talk with each other. <laughs> Still, I mean, we're both very busy seven days. 
you know, but still, at least you're you're running into each other in the hallways. You know, it's funny you say that because I heard a um, in the last two minutes we have left, and then I know you have to leave us. Uh, I heard a. Um, it was a little um, five-minute uh, presentation by a very well-known person, a success person. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he was so busy during this time and his wife was so busy during this time, even though they were both in their home, they really weren't spending any time. <laughs> exactly. They had exactly. to make a schedule. They had mm-hmm. to make a schedule for when they would um, when they would meet with each other. They decided, you know, well, let's say from ten to two on Sunday, and from three no, to is, five. It on is, it, it, it is very busy um, because you know we have our work and our company and all the related things. Everybody working uh, online remotely. Uh, you know that increases its own. Uh, uh, the challenges. Time. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you have to leave us because... Let me share with you where yes. I'm going. Absolutely. That's what I was going to ask you. Okay. <laughs> well, I will... Uh, Olive is a member of Fullerton Collaborative, and that's an organization of many nonprofits where we get together once a month and share what each one of us is doing. And today, Anu will also be calling into the Fullerton Collaborative, and we will be talking about our masks uh, project and hopefully we will get uh, more interest and more orders and we'll be able to produce some so I thank you and uh, wish you a good rest of the show Philip. oh I'm sure it will be wonderful uh, I will miss you at this end to tell you the truth <laughs> but I'm looking forward to interviewing our guest Karina Sanchez about some of the challenges that our older citizens are facing now that they're isolated in their homes so okay. we'll be back in a few minutes on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy and uh, Rubina you'll have to tell us uh, next show what the updates are from the Fullerton Senior Collaborative. I definitely will, and I know you will enjoy your conversation with Karina very, very much. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Okay. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rubina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. For those of you who are listening to our first segment, uh, Rubina Chaudhry, my co-host, had to sign off because she has a conference call with her uh, the Fullerton Senior Collaborative, which is a monthly call. So I'm here for the uh, remainder of the show with our guest, Karina Sanchez, who has been working for U.S. Bank for the past 15 years. Because of her passion for the financial industry, she worked diligently with business leaders in order to grow her passion into a career. And after receiving a master's in business management, she became a branch manager in 2007. She's continued to excel and was recently promoted into the wealth management division, where she assists affluent clients with a tailored and specialized set of products and services. But in her roles with uh, U.S. Bank, Karina has become well-versed with the challenges our vulnerable citizens face at the hands of those who are less than scrupulous. And she's unfortunately witnessed firsthand seniors in the midst of an unsavory scheme. So welcome, Karina. I'm so glad to have you on the show because, as we know, there are seniors now even more vulnerable because they're isolated in their homes away from families and loved ones. So welcome. Good afternoon. Thank you so much, Phyllis. Uh, And you're absolutely right. Right now are very unique and challenging times that a lot of us have not seen before and are not familiar with, but it does put, uh, you know, different groups of people in, uh, in, like you said, more vulnerable situations. They are far more isolated than they're used to being in the past. And so uh, I think it is important that we do talk about how that can make someone prone to being susceptible to different types of scams and things that are out there. So thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I had read recently that a 2018 report, which was released by AARP, that the top scams in the country cost older Americans, I couldn't believe this number, $2.9 billion. Yes, ma'am. It is an outrageous number. Um, And just like you said, you know, when you were introducing in the years that I've seen, I don't know that I ever saw one customer that was less than maybe eight to $10,000. So if you think about one customer that I saw, it was $10,000 from that one customer. So those numbers add up outrageously and quickly. Uh, and so that is where that humongous number is coming from. But it is unfortunate, but true that that, it, that is happening out there and that money is being taken uh, from from people, uh, be you know, be it be from a scam or you know, malicious intent, whatever the case may be at the time. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of these, I'll call them scam artists. I mean, I hate to use that word, but people who engage in this kind of behavior, let's say, they're very savvy, smooth, and sophisticated. Uh, I'm sure they study this, how to go about appealing to people's vulnerabilities. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Explain how they do that? 
Absolutely. Um, and I can even go through a couple of the type of scams that we tend to see most often uh, in the banking industry. But um, I think, you know, there's two different types that we see most often, and that's via phone and via email. So uh, as you as I know, you and I know, excuse me, the younger generation is very savvy on computers when it comes to email and things like that, and maybe not so much, um, you know, the elderly community. So if they're new to something like email, even in new being the last couple of years, they may not see an email as something that is not right or that's a scam, if you will, or engaging in activity that can harm them financially. So we see emails that come out a lot. They're called phishing emails where, you know, they'll send an email asking you to click on a link. Unfortunately, that hyperlink is someone or a system sitting and waiting for you to click. When you click, it does then give someone access to any and all of the information that is then accessible on your computer. Uh, so I think that that's one that we find a lot. Uh, we also find phone calls, like you stated, um, where somebody will get phone calls, and they are very savvy. They know how to talk to uh, this generation, they know how to talk to people in general to, you know, tug on the heartstrings or make them think that there's something in it for them and there's a benefit for them. And, you know, between you and I, who doesn't want a benefit, um, <laughs> don't realize that it's actually not ideal. Uh, and in the end, they will lose and they won't actually get the benefit that's promised to them. So those are the two that we see very often. You know, I have to say as... Um a person who's bought a couple of things online, uh, mostly mm-hmm. business-related um, programs. Uh, of course, once you sign up for one, <laughs> your name is on the list. <laughs> and <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and I, I believe I have gotten sucked into a few. I, ha- I have to be honest. I have. Um, it, yeah. You know, this one sounds a little different than the other one. Uh, this really caters to what I'm doing or what I need. And before you know it, you have three or four of them. You say, wait, wait, what did I do here? You know? Yes. So it can happen to anybody. You know, it's funny that you, it really can. And it's funny that you say that. I, I know sometimes I'm looking on one computer at something, and then by the next time I get to my phone, my phone is advertising that because computer technology is so outrageous that it communicates. And so you're right. You, um, you know, you do engage in one process, whether it be legitimate and in and, and situations where it is, but then next thing you know, every single person has your information and it's coming at you from every single angle. And it's very difficult to depict which is accurate, which is legitimate and which in fact is not, uh, and can be harmful in another way. Right. And then, um, then um, I was thinking, I, well, you and I talked about this because everybody is a mandated reporter, correct? Including yes, yep. bank officials. And so um, as somebody who's in a bank, if somebody comes in and it doesn't look quite on the up and up, obviously you would advise that person. And like we said, everybody is a mandated reporter. So I was thinking when you and I were talking, I said, well, there's there's a positive and a negative to the present situation. Um, on one side, pe- people can go to the bank because unless you make an appointment now, most banks are drive through, at least where I am. So you can't go into yeah. the bank really to withdraw a large amount of money. So that's the positive um, side. On the other side... Um, you could withdraw the money from your phone, 
or from your mobile app. And so there's nobody there who's really uh, has a watchful eye over you that could alert you or alert authorities that somebody is in the throes of a scheme. So there's there's a flip side, a positive and a negative to the situation. Absolutely. And I think one important thing to remember right now is although we are being cautious and careful with everything that's going on uh, and we are practicing social distancing, not to forget that our phones are still available. So if something doesn't feel right, if you feel like you're being pressured, if you feel like this just isn't the norm, don't ever hesitate to call someone that you trust, that you can talk to, and you can ask to walk through it. Because, you know, if if you call your niece or your aunt or your cousin or a friend, uh, whatever the case may be, they may be able with a second set of eyes or ears in this case, you know, tell you, you know, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like that's legitimate and maybe put a little more thought into it before you do put yourself in a position that's more vulnerable to be taken advantage of. Right. Uh You know, there are these uh, scams out there I know of that I've heard of um, before where somebody comes to your house and says, well, you need a new roof or you need a new air conditioning system. And now people obviously would be a little more reluctant to let a person in or they shouldn't let a person in because of the whole social distancing situation. However, people are also alone and feel isolated, so they may be inclined, especially if somebody shows up with all kinds of protective gear. But I received an email the other day uh, after we spoke, so I knew I was going to bring it up on the show, and it was about cleaning the air inside your home so to uh, rid it of any, um, any virus. And I said, oh, my goodness, I bet that's like the next wave coming down the pike. You know, it's unfortunate but true. We've heard about a handful, like you said, you know, uh, people coming by and doing testing for viruses on people or, like you said, coming in to sanitize your home. Uh, And it's very unfortunate but true that people that engage in this type of activity, like you discussed earlier, where we don't like to use the word scam artist, but right now it's kind of the, the only term that, that is used, they look for these type of situations to prey on anyone and everyone uh, that they can take advantage of, whether it be the elderly community or not. Uh, so I think that you're right, that this is a situation where someone, you know, somewhere, if you will, uh, people are looking for this opportunity and what can they do to capitalize on other people at this time, which it's very unfortunate, but it is true and it is already happening. So um, you mentioned these phishing emails. Uh, there's also something called the sweetheart scam that you had mentioned to me. What's that one about? Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of others. So the sweetheart scam is mostly known, um, especially in the elder community. Sometimes it's understood that you might they might feel a little more lonely, a little more isolated if they're, you know, let's say in a nursing home or in a home where they're mostly surrounded by caregivers but don't have a lot of family Maybe that family is not close, so they will try to create a pen pal relationship with this person, whether it be via email, um, typically via email because we don't really pen pal <laughs> these days uh, with right. actual pen and paper, but um, usually it's via email, and then they will start to make this person feel bad, saying, you know, oh, I don't have enough money for groceries, I can't pay my internet bill, so we won't be able to talk, and they will do things to guilt them into sending money, uh, usually via Western Union or MoneyGram, because uh, it is very quick and anybody can pick it up with a valid 
uh, driver's license in any, you know, form that picks that up. But we see that where they'll make them feel bad so that they send them $100 here, $200 there. So that can add up very, very quickly over a period of six to 12 months if they think they've developed this connection and this relationship with someone since they may not be getting it elsewhere. Oh, my goodness. And then there's... um. Then there's something about the um, secret shopper. That's another one you told me about. Yeah. So the secret shopper is typically an email uh, where they'll get an email invited to, let's say, a project. So, you know, we're looking to open, let's use Whole Foods as an example, uh, a new Whole Foods in your area. And we want you to go to this Whole Foods, let's say a couple cities across, do a secret shopper for us. Let us know if you like this store, if you like the things there. And in doing that, we want to pay you to do so. So they'll send you a check, which this is actually common in a lot of scams. Um, Wait, I've gotten those. A check. <laughs> I've you gotten those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so, yes. And they'll say, hey, Phyllis, thank you so much for doing this for us. We want to pay you for your work. We sent you a check for $1,000. All you have to do is send us back 500 you keep 500 for all the work that you did, but you need to send it to us really quickly. So what'll happen is you deposit it on Monday, you send them the money on Tuesday, come Wednesday, the entire check returns, and then you're out $500. I have gotten those emails about going yes, and doing friends, shopping. Um, yes, I have many of friends that have seen those. I've personally gotten them myself, you know, of course, Working in the industry that I do, I recognize them pretty quickly, and I just delete it. You <laughs> think nothing of it, um, but unfortunately, not everybody does recognize them that quickly. And I just thought of something as we're talking, and it's also based on an experience that I had last week. Um, mm-hmm. So um, near me, I don't know if every Whole Foods is doing it or every store is doing it. But the Whole Foods near me between 6.30 and 8 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time, is the time when seniors Uh couldn't go shopping, 60 and over. Sure. Yep. Other stores, uh, no, they have it from 7 to 8. I'm sorry, I correct myself. Uh, Stop and Shop has it from 6.30 to 8. And then other stores have different hours, right? So um, last week one day, I was leaving the store, and um, there was a fellow there insisting that, I mean, it's funny and it's not funny, actually, insisting that um, he should be able to go into the store. Somebody told him that he'd be able to go into the store. Now, he was clearly a lot younger than that age, even though people that are older don't necessarily look the way people expect them to look um, nowadays because people look younger. But he was really insisting that uh, he should be able to go into the store. Anyway, I kind of thought of this after the fact, and I said, oh, my goodness. So now people are going to try and say that they're older, right, because they want to get into the store earlier and have uh, be able to shop before the shelves are bare, before a lot of the merchandise is gone. I said, wow, for the first time, people want to be older. You know, usually people don't. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> this kind of a yeah. turn of events. Um, but yeah. as you're as you're describing this scam, this could be another way of preying on older people because they know they could get into the store earlier. Absolutely. I mean, and not even get into the store, Phyllis, if you think about it, if I'm a scam artist and I'm wanting to target 
an elderly community, people over 65, here where I live in Southern California, 80% of our stores are doing that. So for some stores, it's, you know, every Wednesday from 7 to 8. Some stores, you know, around the corner from my home, it's every day 7 to 8. Our Costco's and our Sam's Clubs are 7 to 8. So, you know, if you think about that, they could even be targeting people in the parking lot because they know they'll be coming in and out. You know, and, and just like any other, uh, you know, person who's ever tried to stop you into a parking lot and tried to talk to you about selling you something. Um, but right. in this situation, it could be that they're taking advantage of that community because they can target it a little easier. Right. And as a person, like you said, as they're walking into the um, walking into the store and if they come up with some line like, well, they can't get there later and they need food for their family or, you know, it tugs at people's heartstrings, especially now. Everybody's concerned about other people who can't get what they need. Absolutely. And I know we're going to be wrapping up here, Phyllis. And if you don't mind, I think there's just a couple of things to really remember when it comes to this you know, is really trusting your gut. If it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. And you're never going to harm yourself by doing your due diligence and asking someone you trust or someone else that cares about you if just they can take a second look at it and trust your professionals. When you come into the bank, it is our job to ask questions. If something is out of the ordinary, we're doing it to protect you. You know, you don't want to hide it from the bank official, you know, even if the person on the other side is maybe threatening you or scaring you into this. That's even more of a red flag. You know, mm. never, someone's asking for money because maybe they tell you your daughter got in an accident and she's on life support. Send this money to help her. Try to call your daughter. That happens right. so often where customers are trying to come in and getting money because, you know, someone's in a jail in Mexico and they can't get out. They never even try to call. So I think it's just well, important to remember those few things. Well, we're going to come back in the third segment and we'll talk more about this. Uh, So uh, we'll take a few minutes break and uh, Karina, we could talk more in detail about those because those are important uh, situations as well. So we'll be back in a few on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Heyman, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Hi, welcome back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. I'm Phyllis Amon, and I'm here with Karina Sanchez. We're having a wonderful conversation about uh, the unfortunate situation where people are targeting our older citizens for money. And um, unfortunately, more often than not, they're successful. So right before we went to break, Karina, you were talking about something that really uh, hit a nerve with me when you said about people contacting people saying they're a a granddaughter or a loved one is on life support. And nowadays there are people on life support. So it just like a red light went on for me because that would could really get people really concerned. So do you want to talk about that one a little bit? Absolutely. So uh, very often these days, it's unfortunate, but the largest lump sums of money that we see going out are related to a fake accident, if you will. So our customers will get a phone call saying your granddaughter was in a horrific accident and she is on life support. You need to send this money quickly to save her life. Uh, and like you just, you know, alluded to right now with everything going around with the virus, that actually is a very common thing that is happening where people, you know, are going on life support in order to attempt to save their lives due to complications of the virus. And so I am concerned just like you that that story sounds even more true today than it would maybe six months ago prior to the situation and uniqueness of of what we're surrounded by right now. So, um, you know, typically we would hear things more along the lines of, you know, your family member is in Mexico on vacation and they're in jail and they can't contact you. So it is very unfortunate. And I think it's just very important to remember that if you were to get those type of phone calls, reach out to a family member, even if it's that exact family member. If you didn't, you know, called your granddaughter who lives in New York and she picks up, well, then she's clearly not on life support. So um, you're right, Phyllis. I, I didn't even think about that as I, I was saying it, that it is actually a true story these days with the virus and the complications that we've heard about in the news where that could really make someone think twice that their family member is in danger and how quickly they would attempt to help. As uh, I'm a speech and language pathologist, I don't know if I told you that when we spoke initially, and um, I've worked in many uh, skilled nursing facilities, but my specialty was actually people who were ventilator dependent or have tracheostomy tubes. And so, um, you know, as this situation came about, when I would tell that to people, Uh, Very often they would ask me a lot of questions about it. They didn't really understand what I was talking about. If they've never experienced it, you know, you you don't really have that reference point. 
I, I've just yeah. found it so interesting that nowadays all the conversation is about ventilators and oxygen. I mean, it's so much in the news, as you say, it's part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. It would be so easy to seize on that. Absolutely. And, you know, when, whenever a customer comes into the branch and they're doing a transaction that is out of the ordinary, we do our best to do customer due diligence and ask as many questions as we can, you know, because if you don't have an advocate for you, whether it be another family member or a caregiver, we want to do our job and take a position to be that advocate for you. So I think it is also important to remember that no matter the situation, to always understand that when you go into the bank or wherever the case may be that you're trying to get these funds, that you can be honest and open with them because it is our job to recognize those signs, those questions, and those tactics in order to help prevent you from being vulnerable uh, and taken care of. Because like you said, I, I can hear that already where a customer comes in and says, I haven't seen my granddaughter in so long, but they just called from the hospital. She's on life support because of the virus. I need to save her life. And they spend $10,000. And next thing you know, that money's gone. And it can happen mm. so quickly, and it is not nearly as easy to fight that money uh, to get any of it back, if any at all, uh, as it is to send that money with one click. Uh, the other thing is, if you've been scammed in the past, often scammed victims have uh, personal contact information sold to other people, right? So you may get unsolicited right. calls from people promising to get your money back or provide other remedies to the first situation, but these are just, it's, it's kind of like a snowball effect, right? Like a domino effect. They, it's, it's, it, since they couldn't get it maybe from the first person, the second person will try to get it from you in the third and the fourth. Is that a, a scenario that you've encountered? It is. It is, and you are spot on uh, where even if you have been a victim, what, even if it was successful, let's say you sent, Let's say you spent $1,500 on a secret shopper and, you know, then you find out you were a victim, you change your account numbers, you take all of the identity theft remedies that we recommend and we assist through in order to protect you moving forward. Six months down the line, you get a phone call and they say, you know, Phyllis, I know that you were a victim of a scam. We're here to help you. And so if you just give us your credit card information, you pay us $100, we're going to get you back 50% mm. of what you lost the first time. We've, you know, we've, we've worked with this company to, you know, get some of this money back and be able to redeem it for you. And so it's unfortunate that they are, it's almost like you said, where they all sell it to each other. They all have the same motive. Therefore, once your information has been compromised, it's very easy to continue to be a victim of that. And then the other thing I was just thinking about uh, with this uh, this um, money that everybody is supposed to get from this stimulus package, right? Oh, um, yes. That um, that's a whole other area that people could probably um, target people uh, with with that. You know, with that in mind, I was thinking that um, because there's something called the imposter um, syndrome, uh, not syndrome, like scam kind of thing where somebody comes to your house, they, they're they pretending to be either a, um, a government agent or a police officer and um, 
you know, who tells you that they're that they're concerned that you've been a victim of a crime and then they solicit your personal information. In this case, they could come and say, listen, have you received that money yet? If you haven't, I'll help you get it. Or somebody has uh, somehow gotten your information and taken your money. I mean, do you think that's a possibility? I'm just thinking out loud, actually, as we're talking. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So two things. So what you're describing is absolutely something that we foresee happening, uh, where we are trying to educate our customers that what you have to remember is that you should never be asked for your personal information, no matter what, no matter who you're dealing with, no matter what you're looking for, whether you're calling the bank, the IRS, your nephew, it doesn't matter. No one should ever ask you for your personal information. You should only be giving it if you made the call. Um, but yes, coming up to the door, like you said, as an official agent or a person, whatever the case may be. The other thing that we just recently heard about around this stimulus check and this money that people are anticipating is getting a phone call as an imposter from the IRS saying, you know, Phyllis, I know that you have your information set up with the IRS. There's been a glitch in the system. We need to update your routing number and account number. Mm. That way we can make sure you get your money. And therefore, you give them that information. They're waiting to intercept that stimulus check uh, very, very quickly because it can be, they can inter- uh, intercept it quicker than you think. Uh, so that's another thing that we've been hearing over the phone is a lot easier to be scammed than in person, as, as odd as that might sound. As you're saying it, my heart dropped because <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, my heart really dropped as you said that because not that I would necessarily give anybody my bank information, but I mean, it, it sounds like it could be very reasonable. And why yeah, wouldn't somebody yeah. think that it's reasonable? Because as I always, um, you know, say to friends or colleagues when we talk about this, you know, we can't imagine anybody doing this. Because we don't think that way. But there are people who sit around and this is all they do is think that way. Exactly. exactly. And for most of us, we just can't right. relate to it. Right. That's exactly right. It's hard for us to relate to it. And that's the point of a lot of these scams and these situations is to make it sound as reasonable as possible so that there is no there's not a lot of wiggle room for questioning uh, what's happening and why you might be calling or why you might need this information. So it's, it's very unfortunate, but you're right. They sit around and wait for scenarios and situations and unique situations like this in order to pounce and pray uh, whenever they have an opportunity to do so. And I suppose nowadays, uh, even people other than seniors can be vulnerable to this, people who um, are out of work and are really in need of, of funds to, to live, then there are lottery scams, there are all kinds of things that prey on people, is telling them that they've won money, um, even when they never mm-hmm. entered a contest. I got those years ago. I don't yeah. get them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you uh, know, um, everyone is susceptible or vulnerable, if you will, depending on the situation. Um, when it comes to secret shoppers, we do see that in a younger, if you will, probably between the 35 to 55 range uh, rather than over 65. Uh, but you're right. The lottery scams and sweepstakes scams are ones that we see often where 
uh, you're notified that maybe you did enter, even though, you know, you said you didn't. Maybe you entered two years ago and they just recovered that your ticket was a winner and this is how you get that money of $10,000. Just send us a 1000 fill in your credit card information. And you send that in, you pay your $1,000 and you never get your lottery or sweepstakes money because it didn't exist. Uh, and right. so we do see those those very often. So, so I know there are some um, there are some resources that we can offer to our listeners. Um, I had read someplace that you could sign up for a do not call registry. Uh, the website is www.donotcall.gov, and uh, therefore you're you're eliminated from receiving these calls. Uh, do you have any other ones that you want to offer for our listeners? You know, I do, um, I personally do not call, uh, .com website, and that's mostly because of telemarketers who are constantly trying to sell things, uh, and I know that that has to be renewed. Um, I honestly, there's not direct aside from like AARP websites where they highlight different things and different, uh, scams to watch out for. I would say to utilize the internet as much as possible. You can Google scams in general, and they will literally write out every single aspect of what these scams look like for you uh, in order to identify them if they're happening to you, have happened to you, or are happening to anyone else. So I know, you know, when things don't sound right to us at the bank, we, of course, have internal channels that we use, but I never hesitate to Google if something doesn't sound right, uh, because although it is the internet is the way that sometimes we are scammed. It also has a plethora of information that I think gives us an opportunity to keep ourselves as safe as possible. That sounds like good advice. I know, I think uh, AARP is a wonderful resource. I know they have lots of references on their website. I think there's also something called, w, um, uh, there's a website, www.fraud.org, which can uh, tell you about common frauds and scams by checking consumer protection sites. So like you said, just Google, uh, you know, and, and, and avoid the, the pitfall of when they say, oh, you have to act fast. You have to act right now. I've gotten caught up in those, like I said, with some of these uh, webinars that I watch or whatever, you know, it's called a fast action bonus and they, they provide all kinds of incentives to you. So I would advise people, you know, take a moment, take a breath, say you'll think about it. Um, that's what they don't want to happen. So, and don't, well, don't be afraid to be rude. I mean, people don't want to be <laughs> rude, but this is the time to say, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you right now and uh, hang up. So in the last few seconds, um, is there any contact information or anything else that you would like our listeners to yeah. know about? We have about 30 seconds left. No worries. I mean, not necessarily. I just, I appreciate you having me on today. It was a pleasure. Um, you know, if you trust your gut, trust your banker, trust your branch, trust your friends and family. Um, but like you just said, I will echo what you said. Don't be afraid to be rude and tell someone if you weren't expecting the call, if you weren't expecting what's happening, it's probably not uh, legitimate and it's probably not something that you should partake in. Well, thank you so much, Karina. This has been just a wealth of information for me personally, and I'm sure for our listeners. So thanks for listening today to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be back again next week. Have a good uh, afternoon, Karina. 
Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Robina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.